All episodes of the Real Women in Business podcast reflect the opinions and views of the guest and Cass McCrory and do not reflect official policy or position of employers or clients. Thank you. You're listening to the Real Women in Business podcast. I'm your host, Cass McCrory, and in this podcast, we highlight women in all kinds of businesses. For yourself, someone else, full-time, part-time, overtime hustle, Together, we will learn from and with one another. And if we get it right, it'll lift us all. Let's get into it. Friends, today we're talking to Dolores Hirschman. She is the Chief Clarity Officer. She runs an amazing program in mastersinclarity.com. In this conversation, we talk about so much. We talk about tarot. We talk about intuition. We talk about looking back to see how things make sense, finding that correlation. And then Dolores asks us this question that is going to blow your mind open. Who do you need to be to live the fullest expression of your idea? It's so good. You're going to love this episode. We also talk about kids and family and starting from nothing and starting over again and the gift in all of it. Let's get to the show. Dolores, welcome to the show. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Um, yeah. We're Thanks already recording, here. right? We're already recording. We're getting right into it. And we actually, friends, we started our conversation just before. And I said, wait a minute, we need to hold this. Tell everybody, we're going to get into what you do and all of that good stuff, but tell everybody what you did right before our session today. <laughs> so as I was uh, literally a minute before I jumped into this call with you, um, with you, Cass, I was finishing, finishing up a reading. Um, in this case, it was a tarot reading, a card reading, and someone I had never talked to before, but someone recommended that I talk to him. And I, I do these you know, periodically, sometimes I do it because like I'm finding, I'm, I'm meeting someone because something is actually happening. Mm -hmm. But most of the times I happen to find someone through, um, so let me just back out. So I have people that I will tap to that I've uh, had readings before, specifically when it's, something's happening. But if I'm in a conversation with someone said, I just had an amazing experience with this healer or that psychic or that, I will explore them. Whether I have something that is troubling me or not uh, as a check-in. And so that's what I just did. I love this because I love talking about things that are outside of ourselves and tapping into a greater knowing, a greater intuition. And I love tarot as a vehicle for that. And I pull tarot cards for myself. I've never done a reading for somebody else, but I pull them for myself because I love the container it creates to say, oh, I pulled this card. Do I feel that? What's my resistance to it? What, where do I want to lean into it? What's for me to learn here? I love it as a vehicle for that learning. Do you pull cards for yourself too, or do you only work with somebody else? I, I don't, I don't own a tarot card because I, I wouldn't know what to do with it. To, to be honest, I, I'm not like, I, I get, I love getting readings, but it's like, I, I, I'm not, I don't know how to read them. So there's a book. Okay. 
there's this, this is spoiler for everybody that's interested and has ever been curious in this. I personally love the wild unknown, which is a particular deck. It's the standard tarot deck in terms of the cards, but the, the art on them is really beautiful. And it comes with a companion book. And I, you can get it on Amazon or you can go to a local store, um, a mystic store. Usually they'll have them. I think even Barnes and Noble has it. Well, you can pull a card and the book will tell you exactly what And then you read the book and you say, oh, okay, this is, and we've been doing this now. My husband and I do it when we have our coffee in the morning. We've been doing this for a couple of years now. We just pull a card and we say, oh, how does this fit? How does this feel? Oh, okay. All right, good. And sometimes it's not good. And it's like, all right, well, what do we need to look at? And I love the container it creates for this. I love that. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I, I will pull cards like um, the more the inspirational cards, but tarot. Like an oracle deck or yeah. something like that. Oh, yeah. But this, I want to try that. The wild unknown. I'm yeah, check it out. It's really good um, and it's beautiful. And I think if nothing else is the vehicle to say, oh, okay, this is something that I'm, I have to learn here, which is powerful. And I know from doing a little bit of research, research, Dolores, you're all about ideas and learning and kind of connecting the idea of an idea and learning together. And I love that. Will you share a little bit about what you do with the world? Absolutely. Thank you. So I am powered by the question, why is it that great work or great ideas don't always see the, the, the light of day, don't always really express their full potential impact their the more people that i've been empowered by that question since i was actually very very young not knowingly but but that was has been my curiosity um, maybe it's what my mom said oh you're too much or you're always doing more um but that's just who i am and you know as we get older and i have an 18 year old daughter now going to college freshman year who still is in the place of I don't know why I'm taking this class. I don't know what I'm doing. That nothing really makes sense. But as we get older, it's it's important for us to look back and and look at every single part of our lives, academics, experiences, travel, uh, failures, like whatever uh, has happened. Because whatever things and moments brought you to today, if you really pay attention and kind of lay all those things on the table you'll be able to build an amazing puzzle where actually all makes sense. Like, like if you're willing to go there, everything will make sense. And so what I do in my work today is that, one, I've made sense of my background. Um, when I was 38, I look at my um, LinkedIn, my resume, and I was like, who will hire me? Like, I, I, I've started that business. I was a software developer. I worked in Fidelity. Like, what the heck? And... Um, and I went back to school for coaching. I added that skill set. And so as I started evolving and putting my past puzzles together, what I do today is I've combined it all and I do two things. I help, I, I work with ideas that happen to be hold by people. Um, so I first work with an idea and I and I and I envision with the, the client what is the full potential? Imagine that there's no boundaries. There's no money boundaries. There's no people boundaries. There's nothing that would stop you. What is the biggest, largest, boldest, full expression of this idea? 
Um, and so we paint that picture. And so when you paint that picture, you're like, well, now I want that, right? <laughs> now I want that piece of cake. Then we say, well, what is the first step? And, and you don't get to the moon uh, by, by putting on an astronaut suit the first day. You get to the moon by going through the process of building the spaceship, process of training those people. You, and in the process, you become the person that walks into that future. And so, so I ideate the fullest expression of an idea. We engineer the path to making that idea possible, but then, and it's probably the most important part of this, as a coach, I work with the human that holds that idea in deciding who do you need to be mm -hmm. to lead this full expression of this idea. Because our version, our small version that maybe thought the idea is not going to bring it to its full potential. And that's why the truth is, I love that the work that I do right now is 99% coaching hidden by making more money or business success. Nobody really wants to be coached and get uncomfortable in themselves necessarily. But if you have a really big carrot, like I'll become financially free or, or leave my job and do this or succeed in my job, whatever that looks like, or whatever it is that you want, if you hide it behind that tangible outcome, you're, you will be more willing to stand up for yourself and stretch. Wow. This is powerful stuff. I just want to underline something that you said. Who do you need to be to live that fullest expression of your idea? Because who I was four or five years ago would have never been on the, this podcast. That's so interesting. Who were you then? Take us back to that person. Five years ago, I was more, I mean, I mean it's just my reality. I was, my identity of that moment was more of a full-time mom of my four children. I had a very beginning stage of my business. I had just finished coaching school. Um, I felt like an imposter. Um, I felt like I was trying to grow my business, but I sounded like everybody else. All of a sudden, you know, you know, I, I don't know if you have children, um, you do, but you do feel that when you were first pregnant, um, everybody suddenly is pregnant around you. Like, oh my God. And so when you, I became a coach, now everybody's a coach. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like, and so four or five years ago, I was just kind of literally buried in confusion and self-doubt of feeling that I had a big calling, feeling that I was meant to do big things, and this kind of feeling and frustration of running out of time, um, but no clue what to do about it. Thank you for being so honest about that and to tell us where you were at. Because I think that anybody that's stepped into a bigger space in their life, where they're like, I'm going to go to nutrition school. I'm going to take a meditation class. I'm going to do this. There is a moment where you're like, well, well, now everybody's doing it. This thing that I thought was going to make me special is now the thing that makes me just like everybody else. And there's this moment of, oh, 
we're doing it now. And, and, and the calling doesn't go away. This, this, or for me at least, it was like this, like, I know I'm supposed to do something, <coughs> but what is it? It's like, it was like, what is it? And you start frantically trying to try this, try that, and nothing is doing it. And it's like, okay, then you start thinking, okay, well, you know, she could do it, but I can't. Right. And so now we, here we are four or five years down the pipe. What does the work look like now? Um, very different from many aspects. One is uh, I have two children in college and my other two are uh, teenagers. Circumstances have it that three years ago, because of something that we resisted and it wasn't fun and it hasn't been fun, but my husband lost his job and I became a full-time breadwinner. And I resisted and I fought and I threw temper tantrums. I can't do this and all that stuff. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes you need a storm to get your boots on, Mm. to get your gear up and to just go out in, in it. And that's what happened for me. And I'm very intentional in the for me. Um, uh, I wasn't, a, I mean, I tried to be victim of the situation. I tried for about a month, uh, woke up crying, went to bed crying. I can't, I can't, I can't. And then after 30 days, I said, okay, I can continue moping. But if I continue moping, we're going to lose our house. And we're going to, you know, the spiral, downward spiral. Like I have... chance of succeeding and 50% chance of failure. That was the truth. I had enough of a business that I could scale. And it was up to me to try for the good outcome versus sit for the uh, worst outcome. The the worst outcome was kind of clear and guaranteed if I took no action. It was Mm -hmm. very predictable. What is possible on the worst outcome was very predictable. What wasn't so clear, what is possible if I stop playing victim, victim? And I can continue crying. I, don't, I never put a limit on how much I cry. But cry and move your feet. Like cry and get out. Cry and get on a <laughs> Cry and go to a networking event. Like don't wear mascara, but just get out. Um, and so that, that, that triggered the development through temper tantrums and screaming, kicking and screaming big time, but developed a new identity of who I could become and eventually who I'm becoming. Mm. Uh, and we never arrive, but who I'm becoming. And, and today I have a team. I have people that support me. I, 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 I no longer have to do it all alone. I, if I get into self-doubt, I have people who remind me who I am. Um, I have clients who remind me who I am. Um, the business is coming to me. Uh, uh, I have systems. I I have opportunities. Uh, it's so much fun. <laughs> Tell me more about the fun. Uh, no fun, no work for me. Uh, meaning I always, always look for the fun. Um and, and the fun can have tears, oh, by the way. It just has to feel fun. I can be crying and have fun. Um, but this is fun to me right now. Like this moment, I'm having a lot of fun. 
And I know that by the time we're done, I'll be excited and, oh, it's coming now. Um, and so because I have fun doing this, I do interviews on a weekly basis, two or three of them. Yeah. That has exponentially raised my visibility. Um, my visibility has grown. I attract more clients. Um, looking for the light, looking for the fun in the way I run my business. Um, so the things I love to do, and I do a lot of, I, I, I do more of that. And if the things that feel like a weight or feel like it's not what I want to do, I, I don't pursue them. I think that that is something that everybody can do, whether you are an entrepreneur or you work a nine to five job, or you are currently in the process of staying home with your kids. Like you can look for the fun. You can say, I'm making a commitment to the fun in this experience. And the fun, it's micro fun. The fun can be green shoes with your black dress if you work at a bank. Um, the fun could be, could be that fun lunch. The fun could be ice cream before dinner one night. Um, the fun can look very differently and it doesn't have to be fun. It doesn't have to cost money. It doesn't have to disrupt other people. Um, it just has to feel high vibration to you. Yes. Yes. I like that. I like that a lot. I've... I frequently will tell people to have fun first because I think that frequently, especially for women, we will make fun the reward. We will say, I will have fun. I will be happy when. And then we put some big distance between us and what the reward is. And what we don't realize is that when we have the fun first, we come to the work in a better state. And so we do better work. And, and think about, you know, women, women and men, but women, sometimes we all struggle with, like, as a mother of four children, weight, right? Yes. Um, I should go to the gym. I should do 30 hours of yoga. I can't do yoga. I love doing yoga. I can't sit still. I, can, I just can't. I literally have tried. Um, so what's fun for me, walking, running, um, paddle boarding, um, uh, dancing, uh, tap dancing, skiing. I'm a ski instructor because it's fun. Um, like, so when I started looking at my own weight and how, you know, because I tried everything and, and all the shoots, I did all of that. And I was like, okay, what are my favorite, 10 favorite vegetables? These. Okay, I'm going to have more of those. Uh, what is a funnest way to eat protein this okay more of those um i cappuccinos i love cappuccinos skim milk cappuccino my treat like what is get me more of the things i love that will support my goal yes and so instead of eating the carrot with the egg and a dark coffee because that's what it says at that mid-morning you should have that i don't know whoever said that shouldn't um uh I'm like, okay, what can, what do I want? What does my body want? What feels light and flowy? I mean, fun, you know, we can, we can reinterpret fun in many ways. Yeah. Um, but it's just that, 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 that your body, when you think about that, your body goes, ah, cool. Yes. I love that because I think that it's the, 
it's kind of that back to that first question you asked of what is the full potential? What's the full potential of my body? And then what is the steps to get there? How do I engineer that? Like, I love the, I love the thinking of that. And it really places it more into a frame of experimentation than um, mastery. Yes. And so I help people grow their business. That's, I mean, whether it's through clarifying their message, getting on a stage or designing a business model that is scalable. I help specifically, I help service entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, accountants, anybody that's, that's making money out of a service. And there's no question. There's no, you can hire anybody out there. If someone says, honey, come, I will help you grow your business. You'll never have to market the rest of your life. Run the other way because, <laughs> you know, and market is a big word and we can interpret it in a hundred million different ways. But the truth is that market is like this. If you're hosting a party and you're going to cook all this food and you want to have an amazing evening, you should do that. Uh, but what are the likelihood that you're going to have an amazing experience if you never once send out an invitation? Ooh. You don't call anybody. You don't call your mom or your sister, your cousins or your family, your friend, your neighbor. You forget to send them a text. Nowadays, you can send a text, an email, a boxer, a Facebook messenger, an Instagram messenger, a Twitter message. Uh, pick up the old-fashioned phone call. Send them an actual mail. Like There's 50 million ways of inviting your neighbor to the party. I don't care which one you pick one. I don't care. There's no shirt. Yeah. How, the truth is, what is your neighbor more willing to respond to? Is your neighbor the one that goes and checks a mailbox, a physical mailbox every every day? Then put a note in the mailbox. Is your neighbor the one that opens a text? Send a text. Yeah. That is the basis of marketing. It is. And it's so, and it's simple and we make it complicated because we identify so many rules around it. But you know, we also, because, and I found, and I played this game on myself and then I learned that we believe, especially women, that when we step into the space of we're running a business or we're growing a business, part of our if we're a part of a team, we need to act professional and there's the way to do it. Mm. Yes, we get stuck in the there's a way trap. Which and, is a trap. And, and there's the way and likelihood the way we're doing is probably not the right way. Right. Probably, oh, I made it up. Half of my best ideas, which I, I was full of self-doubt at some point until like I would say, well, here's what I do. I do this and then I send this message and then I do that. And But that's just how I do it. And I'm sure there's a better way. That's just how I figured out. And then when you, what, this, you ask me, <clears throat> where am I right now? I'm in a position that I'm talking to the people that we look at, the professionals. And I share what I do and they're like, oh my God, that's brilliant. And I'm like, huh, I, I didn't read the recipe book. I just baked the cake and they're telling me they need it and it's good. Okay, so then I will continue trusting my intuition. 
I love everything about that. I am big. I, I love this intuitive element that saying what's right for me. And I, I don't think that that means that you do so without, you know, calling the audience or, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's research to be done. You can do some exploration, but I think when you're actually ready to make a move, the only person that can give you authority to do that is yourself. Exactly. It's, it becomes the, the last word. So, so yes, learn from mentors, absolutely read books. You can see behind me. I have tons of books around me. Um, part of however you consume information but, but what I think is important to say, Cass, is that we used to be, as human beings, we used to consume information, digest it, then implement it. Information comes so fast that we listen to a piece of information and we say, oh, that's the way to do it. And we stop the digestion and the incorporation and we go and do it that way. But every new piece of information and it's like the news <laughs> like like you get a piece of news and you share it and let's validate it validate it with other sources with your internal value system with what your gut is telling you so when we learn something it's important to incorporate process what part of this new lesson aligns with who i am and the way i do work yeah. and 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 how can I, with who I am, integrate this new lesson and now improve the way I function? But That's without, powerful. The, 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 without you in the middle as the player, um, we are alienating our common sense. We're alienating our gut, our intuition. And we're also alienating our brain and what we, what we already know. We're going against our own maybe best reflexes. Yes. I love that idea of our own knowing. I think that's a really powerful. And we are taking in so much information. We've got Instagram and Facebook and blogs and newsletters. And, and a coach that will teach you. And you can buy an yes. online course of like anything. Yes. Yes. Uh, this person can teach me this and this person, and I am just one online course away from figuring it all out, except for, except for like, you're not taking the time to digest it and, own and bring it. it and own it. I remember once a client who's a creative and she's so empathic. She has a, a line of makeup and she helps people you know, like, like really reclaim their own self, sense of beauty and power. And obviously she's great and her clients can't say enough good things about her, but she needs to get out there. And so she's like, I, I can't market it. I'm not going to send emails. I'm not a writer and blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, let me ask you this. What would you do for free all day long without getting tired? Mm. And she said, well, I'll be in front of a stage or or, or, or in front of an audience or, you know, like just, just be in front of people. I said, great. And again, I mentioned she's a makeup artist and she also has her own line of makeup. And I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to wake up every morning 
at 9 a.m. every day the same time, Monday to Friday, and put your makeup on on a Facebook Live and start your own show. And whatever happens when you put your makeup on happens. We don't know. We just, let's experiment. So she now has had this show for two or three years now. She, yes, she puts her makeup. So when she's putting on her makeup, she teaches, oh, you know, this and that or whatever. And she pulls out cards and she engages with the comments on, on the Facebook Live. And people start conversations. And here's what I'm struggling with. And she'll kind of coach them live. And she has, more, she's grown. She's more visible. Um, she now does, does this private sessions with clients where she works with them one-on-one and getting that reclaiming of their beauty and their joy. She obviously selling makeup every time she goes on. Like her business is exploding, but uh, it's just because she started showing up in a way that she didn't need to be pushed to do it. She would do it naturally that way. Nice. Kind of leaning into what's naturally going to be the thing that draws you and then being consistent. I mean, here's the thing. I don't don't talk about sales funnels. I talk about trust funnels. And trust funnels is the consistent, systematic process of building a trust-based relationship. And showing up on a regular basis is kind of the one-on-one of trust. If you show up once a year when you feel like it, yeah, are you really there for me? Right. That's powerful. Okay. I'd love to know. I've talked to a few coaches on the show now. And I work with a coach. I'm a big proponent of having a coach. I think it creates in very similar ways to where our conversation started with tarot and creating a container for you to do the work because it's hard to do the work on yourself or your business without a container. Do you have a coach? I, right, right now I'm working with Stu McLaren, uh, who is Tribe, and uh, I'm in his community as part of the, the, um, the, the next growth of my business. Um, and I worked for years, I worked with Fabienne Fredrickson. I actually ended up coaching her as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, I do. I think it's important, especially when coaches talk about coaching, is that we reinvest in the coaching for ourselves too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes there is this misperception that because this person helps other people do it, that they just do it perfectly for themselves too. And it's kind of like giving yourself your own haircut. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not exactly advised. Any woman that's ever attacked herself to give her bangs knows it's not a good idea to give yourself bangs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Same thing with coaching and, and where you want to develop and how you want to invest in yourself. Well, the way I look at it is that you need a mirror mm. to be able to reflect <clears throat> what's happening and where you're going. And, you know, you can have a coach, you can have a therapist, you can have a friend, you can have a colleague, you can have a mastermind. There's many ways to do it. I have a little bit of everything. I have a therapist and a mastermind and a coach community. Um and I also have my team. Um, and so it's important that you have a space for digestion and reflection. 
I like that. All right. So you, I want to just get a little bit of the backstory. You were a mom of four. Now your kids are older. What was it like when your kids were younger? So I, just to give you a tiny bit of background, I have four little kids, 11, oh. four, two, and one. So they're okay. little. Congratulations. And you have makeup on and you are dressed. You know, success. <laughs> That's success. I can't, I won't ask you to brush your teeth. <laughs> I did, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so my kids were born in six years. So when I had one, I had one, two, four, six. That's yeah. a lot of little people. So I only had one that could put on their shoes. Yeah. So, and two in diapers. Um, so it was a blur. <laughs> um, and it was, um, so I'm trying to think of what we were talking right before, but the backstory is that, so I worked for a nonprofit until my third child was born. So I was a director of online learning platform for a nonprofit out of New York. And I worked from home here in Massachusetts. And when my third was born, I made a decision that and maybe it was premature and I probably regret this move, but it's what I did. Um, <clears throat> I was literally having a baby and launching a piece of software at the same time. And I played it small. I thought I can't have three little kids and really go, do a good job with this work. In hindsight, I could have had I been properly supported and have I personally designed a system for support. Mm. Um, I didn't ask for help. And so I let go of a project that I was very invested in and I loved um, and unfortunately, I, I, it, it ended up dying in the long run because sometimes, you know, you need the passion to pull it forward. But when that happened, um, I, I think I lasted about nine months as a full-time mom. And then I was like, There's, I need to do something with my energy. Uh, of course, I was very busy, uh, but I was busy with the kids, but it wasn't. I needed a balance of my intellectual um, identity and my intellectual um, exercise. And so I am very intuitive and things come up. And when my third baby was nine months, I went to Argentina because my mom was sick and she's fine, um, but I had to go. And then I met up with a girlfriend from school, Argentina is where I'm from. And she had no job, her husband had no job. They had three little kids. And she had started a co-op of low-income women and they were doing knitting and crocheting and women's apparel. <clears throat> and if you're going to, so if you can see the screen, there's a logo behind me called Wawa's. That was a company. And so I decided to say, you know what, let me help you. Let me bring a suitcase of clothes. Let me show it to my friends, see if there's any interest. Well, you know, that suitcase of clothes turned into a company called Wawa's. And we ended up being in the Miami Fashion Week and we sold in retail stores in Madison Avenue, New York City and the, the Vineyard and, and Boston and whatever. And so, so the backstory is that as I was raising the kids and I remember fall 20, 2005, uh, my son was born October 6th. I was literally, my dining was covered in clothes because I was delivering a huge order to our store. And I was like finalizing details, um, putting tags. 
And then I went to the hospital, had the baby, came back, finished putting tags. <laughs> so, um, so, so, so throughout the kids' childhood, I was starting businesses. So I ran that company for about five years. And then a lot of things happened and then I ended up closing it. And then I started a language school, which of course my mom said, can you just hire a tutor if you want your children to speak Spanish? And no, I can't hire a tutor. I have to open a school with 150 kids after school, with a after, yeah, after school program. Uh, 150 kids, three languages, six teachers, Chinese, French, and English, partnership, uh, Spanish, partnership with Rosetta Stone, like the whole thing. And so, so I've always been in the, in the business of starting businesses. Mm. So as I became a coach and then I became a TEDx organizer, because again, I asked myself, what would you do for free all day long? I hung out with big ideas. Let's create an event with 1,200 people in the audience. And so my backstory is a story of creation. And today... I put that creativity in service of my clients in helping them co-create the bigger play, the bigger vision for their businesses and their messages. I love that. And I love how you just really demonstrated perfectly this idea of you can look back and see how everything fits together. But in the moment, it probably didn't feel so cohesive. And it felt like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I stick with one path? And I do I have ADHD of professional careers? I'm never going to have a real job. I'm never going to, you know, my companies were modest. Um, they were absolutely financially self-sufficient. Um, and I had teams and we paid the bills, but they were modest. It, and, and honestly, I, I don't know that I wanted much more because my priority was the kids. Um, and I was like, can I, can, like when, when my husband lost his job, like I was like, I never made more than this amount of money a month. Mm. Um, I don't know that I can do this. I know that I can make some money and I know that I can run a team and I know all that, but can I actually pay the mortgage and the kids and the sneakers they need to buy, which is so expensive and the car and the food, like, I'm not so sure. That's a lot of, that's a lot of weight carrying all of it. I, you know, I'm very lucky in that, you know, I have a very strong business that I, I've worked very hard for. And at this point, you know, George and I work together. He edits the podcast. He does a whole lot of other stuff for other clients, but it, it's a lot to be self-sufficient and to be like, okay, I'm the one that pays the mortgage and we're paying I don't want to, I don't want to misrepresent that. Like we were always doing everything together and we still are. There's no question about that. Um, but there's a lot of weight involved in having it all for yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, the, you know, and it, it, when it, because, and, and I think for me personally, because to be honest, the switch was so fast and it was not planned. I mean, mm -hmm. if you have a plan, okay. But if it's like in 30 days, this is my last paycheck. Um, because he's in a family business and we're in a lawsuit and it's a complicated. Um, uh, when it turns off like that, like, like literally was this day, the January 1st of two, 2017, we're on our own. Like, you're it. 
tag, you're it. And so that was tough. Not felt impossible, uh, but you know, we did it. And, um, and now three years into it, the spouse, my husband is now working. He actually has switched careers. He's, it's a good end of story. We haven't finished the lawsuit, but my husband is now a high school teacher. He's loving it. This is what he has wanted to do all along. And he helped me with my business here or there. Um, so things are fine and stabilized, but the switch was really tough and it required so much strength and kind of ignoring my fears because there was no other way to say it. it's not that I mastered my fears I just had to put up for a minute I had to like push them down because it was either I gave room to my fears or we lost a house yeah and so it's like okay I, I, I fear I see you I hear you I'm gonna make this sales call anyway yeah that's powerful it's powerful to say this this can't be my primary source of attention right now. My fear cannot be the thing that consumes me. No, it, there was no space in that moment. And and you know, for a coach, there's always space for fear and the emotion. Mm-hmm. In that moment, I had to manage where and how I would give it space because that first few months, it was just about survival. And I and just how I did it. It was, a, it was absolutely messy. Yeah. I, I appreciate you being honest about the messiness of it because I think sometimes we have this perception about other people's experience being very neat and tidy and clean and planned. And it's not. It's, it's not. messy. It's absolutely messy. And, and I think, and that's where you need to start. Kind of, you cannot take yourself too seriously. I think I can't, I can't um, stress that enough. The moment we take ourselves too seriously, um, then we lose everything. We lose our intuition. We lose the fun. We lose the joy. It's like, you know, if you don't take yourself too seriously, you're okay with messing up here or there. And it's like, oh, there came another lesson. I just learned that. I'm not doing that again. But if not, everything is like, a line that if we we don't follow the line, everything falls apart. Um, and it's just a very difficult way to navigate life that way. Yeah, definitely. Dolores, we've covered so much. <laughs> Is there anything that you were hoping we would get to today that we haven't chatted about? Um, no, I think, you know, let me ask you a question. Maybe we can um, include our audience here. What is the number one question or pain point that your people have maybe we can answer that um i think it's i think it's mostly around feeling pulled in multiple directions Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. how do i do life take care of myself have a business or work in a business how do i show up at a hundred percent and all of the areas of my life that matter well let's answer that yeah because that's a, a topic that I love and is, and I come from Argentina, I was raised there. And so I'm going to say right now, you have permission not to be everything to everybody and every aspect of your life. <laughs> yeah. So permission not to do laundry, permission not to clean the house, permission to have a chef if you can afford it, 
permission to have your sister, mother, mother, uncle, brother, aunt cook for you three times a week if she's willing. Permission not to go to the market ever again and do delivery of food. And permission to come into your office from eight or nine or whenever your kids are off, if that's a, the thing, and, and, and leave the office when your family's home. Being an entrepreneur or business owner doesn't mean you need to have crazy hours and work yourself. Like be, it doesn't mean you have to be a, a bad boss to yourself and, and, and just crack the whip Monday through Sunday. Yeah, I think that's really important. I see this a lot with people that have started their own businesses or have started a side hustle in addition to their full-time job is this idea of I need to hustle. And I was, I really am resonant with this idea of if the journey to get to where you want to go doesn't feel like the destination, you're not headed there. So it's like, I'm not going to work myself to the edge of exhaustion and everything so that at the end of it, I am at this pot of gold rainbow where there's tons of ease. The only way for me to get to the pot of gold rainbow of ease is to live with ease the entire way there. Yep, 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 yeah, exactly. And sometimes we lose sight of that because there's so much hustle energy and there's like work harder, do more, fit more in. There's all of these outside forces in, but it doesn't feel good to get there. It won't feel good when you get there. Yes. Cause you're already designing a reality. So our reality is today. So we need to live what you're saying is you need to live right now the way you will live when you have that million dollars, a big house, a husband. It's like, I think I was talking to someone that they were building this big house because they wanted to have more parties like social gatherings. And I said, oh, that's awesome. So how often do you entertain these days? Never. Never. Right? My house is too small. Never. I said, well, but do you like backyard? Like, like impromptu, like standing in the living room. I remember I once had 40 people for a party in my old house. And my old house was 1,200 square feet, two floors. So that means what? 600 square feet each floor? Uh, yeah, we were studying in the bathroom. Um, but uh, yeah, you need to live now the, the reality you're, you're building for yourself because it starts with your choices today. Yes. I have loved this conversation, Dolores. Thank you so much. You invited so much goodness in this time. I'm well, you got me. Like it was a weird timing. Like I came out of my reading and like, well, here I am. And here you are. I, I have a, my highest energy. <laughs> right. I have a lightning round of questions that I ask each guest. So let's go through those. What is the song you turn to when you want to up your energy? Rainbows and roses and whispers <laughs> on kittens. Love it. What time do you wake up? Uh, 6.30. What's breakfast look like? Um, cappuccino and sometimes eggs. What's a, a favorite ritual? Flowers. Mm. You see flowers is full flowers. I arrange flowers on a weekly basis. Nice. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Morning person or night owl? 
that's changed. It used to be night is more morning. What's a book you recommend? Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. What can someone do to help you feel appreciated? Give me a gift. Mm. How can people find you online, Dolores? mastersinclarity.com love it thank you so so much you're very very welcome